Travis Hope is an established and well-respected medium, spiritual guide, and motivational speaker. While he has quickly become a social media maven, it is his passion, genuine desire, and calling to help change lives. I found Travis because I really loved all of his content on Instagram and TikTok. He is both really fun and informative. You can follow his channels at Travis Warrior Unicorn on Instagram and TikTok, and also tune into his podcast, Psychic Happy Hour, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, Travis discovered his ability to connect to spirit at a young age. As a former executive and makeup artist in the cosmetics industry, Travis found himself offering words of inspiration and healing unknowingly to his clients and teams he led. After many years of struggling with alcohol and addiction, Travis found his way to spirituality, where he learned how to dive into shame and trauma that was holding him back from living his most authentic self-expression. As he walked his own healing journey, his connection to spirit deepened, and this is when he was called to help others along their own journey. Travis has learned through his connection to spirit that love is universal and all things are possible. As a medium and spiritual guide, Travis's primary intention is to help support people on their path to self-discovery and healing. Hi, can I ask all of you listening a favor? Would you mind rating and reviewing my book, WTF Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife on Amazon. Authors depend so much on ratings. They are crucial to the algorithm and Amazon making sure this book is seen. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome to What the Fuck Just Happened. I'm your host, Liz Enton. If you listen to the intro, you know my story. If not, here's a brief summary. I'm a sciencey skeptic, and when my dad died, I took a shot in the dark and decided to investigate if there was any possible evidence of an afterlife. I assumed that was as realistic as Santa Claus, but I was desperate. However, I was so blown away by what I discovered that I wrote a book and launched this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking to some fairly normal people about some really weird shit. I speak with everyone from psychic mediums and afterlife researchers to ordinary people who've had some inexplicable experiences. So come, listen, there's no need to draw any final conclusions. Keep an open mind and wonder, what the fuck just happened? Hi everyone, I am talking today with Travis Hope, and he is a psychic medium. So welcome, Travis. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So when and how did you first even realize you were a medium? You know, what's so funny, Liz, I grew up just, you know, connecting into energy, connecting the spirit, but like thinking that was something that everyone did. Like I, you know, I remember being in my grandmother's house and, you know, just feeling the energy of the home and, you know, loved ones that had passed. And, and, and it was just something I just thought everyone did. And then I remember telling my parents about some of those experiences. And then, you know, of course, like a lot of parents at that time, they were like, oh, it's just imaginary friends. It's, it's not, not real. And I say I shut that part of me down for a long time, but, you know, I've always kind of been drawn into like the occult and tarot cards and magic and witchcraft and ceremony and all of these beautiful things. And it wasn't until uh, I was in my like mid to late twenties and it was, it's really funny because I would start drinking and once, you know, I had a couple drinks in me and my, my energy was shifted, we'll say, then I would tap into energy of wherever I was. And I grew up in an area where there's a lot of historical homes. 
So I'd be in some of these homes. I'm like, oh my gosh, three women used to live here and they died this way, you know? And, uh, and I would have friends that lived in those homes and they would be like, that's actually what happened. And so it really kind of started opening up in 2020 during our time at home during the pandemic. And I started meditating and I quit drinking alcohol and, you know, did some deeper healing. And then, then those abilities just started really opening up. And then I, you know, found my way to TikTok and started doing tarot readings and then tarot turned into psychic mediumship. And now here we are. I have to ask where you grew up around all the historic homes. Yeah, I grew up in Ohio in a town called Miamisburg. And uh, and the city that that's kind of attached to is the city of Dayton. And so they have, you know, these beautiful historical homes, this great historical district. And then the the town that I lived in was very, it was native land, and it's just very rich in history. And so I would remember being a kid and just sensing spirit around and, and my sister actually could physically see at one point. And so, yeah, it was pretty, pretty powerful living in that area. You said your sister could physically see, she could see people who've passed away. Yeah, she could. Yeah, she really could. She would wake up. It was always when she was, it was usually at nighttime when she was sleeping and she would kind of be in that lucid dream state. And then she would see people, some of them native individuals or some of them, you know, indigenous Americans and some of them things that she couldn't quite understand. She doesn't really anymore, but that's definitely something I remember when we were younger. And so you said started, you thought everyone felt this way, felt energies. That's the first memories you have of this. What does it mean to feel energies? Did you like, did it feel like individuals? I, I don't even quite know what exactly that would mean. Yeah. So like I, you know, I used to think that, you know, growing up that I could tell if somebody was sad or was going through something really tough or even residual energy in in homes from past experiences. And so, you know, growing up, I was always called sensitive. And so, you know, my parents just thought I was really sensitive and that, you know, that's why I was picking up on certain things or my emotions would shift around certain people or certain places. Looking back at it now, it's like this was just me picking up on energy, which is something that we can all do. You know, I, I love what I do so much. But what I do is just it's an ability, just like playing football or playing the violin. I don't know if you'd want to see me playing football, though. So, <laughs> so there are just some people who are just naturally tuned in just a little bit deeper. And then some who kind of, you know, veer off from that. But yeah, and I remember being in like my grandparents' home and and just sensing that if I were in a room by myself, that I wasn't by myself. Was that a comforting feeling or a spooky feeling? No, it never, I've never been scared of spirit. I know some people, you know, talk about their experiences as kids where they would, like my sister, for example, used to terrify her. But me, it never felt spooky. It never felt scary. I always felt safe. I always felt protected. So, you know, I think it, I think some of that, if it's spooky, I think sometimes that can be like our human mind kind of jumping in and playing tricks on us. But yeah, no, I never remember feeling spooked out or scared. And, and especially when it came to other people and kind of feeling those emotions, it was an understanding more of them than anything else. You said you could feel people's emotions and feel other energies around you. Could you tell the difference when you were feeling other energies versus the energies and emotions of people when you were a kid, living people? Yeah. When it was other energies, it felt like there was a another person in the room, but without there being a physical person in the room. Just to give an example, my parents owned a restaurant. And and so I I remember being young and I would sit at one of the tables and I, I remember distinctly this one time where there was a woman who just she was sitting by herself and I just felt like she was really sad. And so like, I just walked over and walked up to my mom and I was like, mom, that lady over there is really sad. Can I buy her a glass of milk? You know, but she wasn't crying. She wasn't upset. I, my mom still likes to tell that story. She was like, I have no idea how you knew that, but she was sad. And so, so just those, those little moments that would happen. Wait, that's also so sweet. How old were you when you did that? 
you know, I think I was around like the age of like five or six, super young. That is not only reading someone's energy, that's also exceptionally sweet. When did you start to get something verified where you were like, wait, this isn't imaginary? The first time was probably when I went to my first psychic. I had never seen a psychic. Growing up, I was always told that was evil or that psychics are talking to demons. And and so I I just, I never kind of ventured. But then one day I just, I just felt called to go see a psychic. And I did, and I sat down and, and it was so funny because I think like a lot of people who go to a psychic their first time, I didn't know what to expect. But she just, she validated so many things that I had been feeling since I was a kid that she gave me a language for. And it was just this like deep knowing of like, oh my gosh, yes, this is totally it. Like, you know, she would talk about my experiences as a kid growing up and feeling not only the energy of others, but just extra energy that would have been in the room and kind of explained to me what that was. And really what it was, a lot of it was mostly just me feeling my spirit guides or understanding my spirit guides were nearby. Some of it residual energy just from, you know, the history of some of the homes, but you know, so it was really nice to get those validating experiences. Um, so that was, I think, the first time I have of, of memory of being validated in that way. That must have been a really interesting experience. Relieving or how was that? Yeah, relieving and then kind of like, okay, now what do I do with this? <laughs> like, like it was relieving. And then I was like, okay, but like, now what? I, I you know, I, I got that reading and then some of it I kind of helped, you know, some of it I just kind of put in the back of my mind and just kind of, just kind of wondered from there. I'm like, okay, well, what? Because this would, this would have been back in 2016. So not too, too long ago, but long ago enough that, you know, there was still some time in between that time and where I'm at when, when my, when, when I dove deeper into my journey. So yeah, so for a long time, I just kind of kept those messages in the back of my mind, not really knowing what to do with them. So not only were you told it wasn't true, some people are told it's not true. You were actually told it's true, but evil. I mean, that's intense. Yeah. And that must have been frightening, or I don't know what it's not. I can't personally relate to that. So how did you process that or overcome that? Because that's even scarier than this isn't true. Yeah, you know, I just it never resonated. Like when somebody would say that psychic work or mediums or witches or anyone who works with energy, right? It, like, that's evil. That never made sense to me. I was always like that kid. I was like, okay, but why is this evil? Like, but why? Like, I, wh why? <laughs> and um, it and, and I never got like a straight answer. All I got was like, well, the Bible said it's evil, right? And so that's that was just the only answer I ever got. And, you know, growing up in Ohio, it's pretty, pretty conservative and predominantly Christian. I grew up being told that because I was gay, I was going to hell or that I was evil, right? So it's like, I kind of just- I'm sorry, first of all, you ever had to hear that. That's just awful. But again, that's like something I never believed. Like, I heard it and I and I appreciate that so much. Thank you. But like, I never believed that. It was like, that just never in my soul. I just never felt that. And so then when it was like, you know, oh, well, now you're just talking to demons. I'm like, well, I don't think that's true either. I just never owned that as my truth. I'm really happy to hear you kind of were, had some... I, I don't know what the word is, some form of intuitive knowledge or because, you know, you hear so many tragic stories of people who are told who they love is evil or, you know, it's just so much, I guess, more and more has been coming out with all the cult podcasts. How do you think you had this inner knowing that was so above? I, I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea. It's just it's always been there. I've just always had this, you know, little voice that just has always kind of guided me and, and steered me in the direction of love and kindness and compassion. And so whether that's my higher self or my soul, or I, I don't, you know, it's, it, it's always just kind of guided me and it's never, it's never steered me wrong. And it's, it's been, you know, the thing that just has kind of always just driven me forward. So the first thing you did related to these 
abilities was you said during 2020 you started doing tarot is it wait is it tarot or tarot i still don't know (laughs) i have no idea i hear both all the time and i'm like i think it depends on who you ask i'm gonna be honest you started doing tarot tarot readings how did that start so i was working for a cosmetics company during covid and we were all at home during the 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 lockdowns they wanted us to post videos to promote the company on our social media pages, our personal and professional social media pages and do like some like online selling. I'm not an influencer. I, you know, I've been in sales for 17 years. I love to sell or well, I love to sell when I was in cosmetics, but I never looked at it as like selling. I looked at it as helping. And so like getting on the camera and talking about like, here's this great moisturizer that you need while people are at home worrying about like what's going to happen next. Like just, it didn't feel right for me. So I was like, okay, well, how can I do this and it be helpful? And I saw Tabitha Brown, who is one of my most favorite creators. And she would just get on TikTok and tell people like how much she loved them and how special they were. And just share these uplifting messages that, you know, whether she received them from a higher source or, she was channeling them, whatever it is, right? Like, and she would just get on there and just share these amazing messages of hope and love and told people that she loved them. Like, I remember like hearing her say, I love you into the video. And I was like, I literally was like, I love you too. And I'm like crying watching her first video that I saw. And so I was like, I could do that. I could, I could be giving advice or giving a talk while I'm putting on skincare. And then like the skincare just happens to be there in the video and that, you know, So I start doing those messages and I wasn't really doing them for anything other than the fact that my company wanted me to do them and I did them and, and they did okay, but you know, I didn't really care. I wasn't like looking at the analytics or anything. I was just like, Oh, let me keep my job. And then during that time though, I had, you know, I had been reading tarot for myself and friends for like a year by that point, I just kind of started my journey into metaphysics. And so, yes, that started around 2019 and then, you know, pandemic 2020. And then I lost my job. They they eliminated my role. They gave me an option. They're like, you can stay here with us, take a lower paying role, or you can, you know, you can exit. Like, no, no harm done. You can just leave. And I was like, I'm going to leave. And it was like, I didn't know why I was saying that. I love this company. I've been in cosmetics for 17 years. And I was like, I'm going to go. It just felt like the right thing to do. And then I sat at home for like two months and meditating and doing therapy and all of those things and quit drinking. And I had quit drinking in June of that year. So everything just kind of started to unfold. And then in November, end of October, somewhere around there, I'm doing like an Instagram live or not an Instagram live. I'm sorry, a TikTok live. And someone's in the live. I think there's like five people in this live just hanging out five of five of me and my closest followers. And then someone was like, I've had a really bad day. Can you just give me one of your messages? And so I was like, you know what? I've got my tarot cards here. Let me just give you a reading real quick. And then next thing you know, there's 1500 people in this live. And then I've got followers just, just coming out of nowhere. And I get off of that. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so I had earlier that year, I had gotten this knowing to like start an LLC out of like, I was in the grocery store and I just heard like start an LLC. And I was like, okay. And so I did. You know, then I would get DMs. People like, do you give readings? And I'm like, sure. So I started taking clients and, you know, and then it just kind of expanded from there. I guess they say when you're doing the right thing, it's suddenly easy. Everything comes to you. It's so true, Liz. Everything flows. I guess that's kind of our everyone's goal to try to find that thing where you're just like the puzzle pieces fell into place. How do you think tarot works? How much of it is you bringing in your own readings? How much does your interpretation versus mm. psychic download versus maybe even psychokinesis? You know things and the cards are moved. I don't know. I just what tarot is something I can't fully wrap my mind around how it works. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't use tarot in my practice anymore with clients. It's just my, I do in my personal practice for myself, but not with people. But when I, when I started, I did, I used tarot cards for like, I think the first year, year and a half I saw clients. And it's funny, I know like the basics of what the cards mean, 
I could not give you a deep dive. I have friends that can give you a full day lecture on one card. I'm like, here's the basics. But when I was, you know, doing these readings, I would pull up the cards, but I found like what I was sensing was being validated in the overall message of the card. And tarot is very structured. I mean, you can read tarot one of two ways. You can read it the structured way where you put the cards in specific placements and that's what's happening. Or you can read it intuitively, which is what I was doing. And there's no right or wrong way. It's whatever feels best, right? You know, I was I was more so just reading intuitively. I would pull the cards and, and be like, okay, here's what's going on. You've got this. But then I would get things that weren't on the cards. Like I'd be getting people's names and, you know, dates of things, right? And then like it's like, that's not on the card. And so eventually I was like, well, I guess like maybe I'll just try reading without the cards. And so, yeah, I think tarot can be a great tool though for opening up a bit, kind of opening up your mind a bit, getting into the space of getting out of your own way and letting that energy or that information flow. So I think tarot is beautiful. I have friends that read tarot that are just amazing tarot readers. And they're like, well, the queen of wands is here, which means you need to do blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, amazing. I have no idea how you got that, but great. You know, but we all work different. You said you started, you were doing it and you'd start hearing names and dates of birth or dates. Now, how would you hear it as voices in your head? How would you get that? Yeah, it would come in as like my own thought voice. I think sometimes, you know, when we're talking about clear audience, which is, which simply is just our, our hearing, our psychic hearing, or our mediumistic hearing, when we're hearing it, and I'm using air quotes, it, it's not, it, sometimes it's a literal voice, but more times than not, though, it's just, it's our own thought voice that's popping in really fast, but it comes in like a, it's really quick. So it's kind of like you got to get it and then say it as quickly as you can. Otherwise, it's just it's kind of gone. So that's how it would come through. And then also I would see things. So I would see, you know, symbols or pictures of things or get little flashes and then also feeling things, feeling things in my body, you know. So, for example, if I have somebody who's going through a breakup, I just my physical body just feels sad. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, I'll feel it in my physical body and I'll get this kind of like tension in my chest over the heart space. And it's like, oh God, you're going through a breakup, aren't you? And inevitably every time they're like, yes, that's why I'm here, you know? So uh, using the whole body for the experience. Does that go away right after the reading? Like, how do you know if your feelings versus somebody else's that you're psychically perceiving? Yeah, it's an amazing question. So there is a lot of meditation that I do. There's a lot of like calming my own nervous system. You know, when I first started, my own mind would kind of get in the way. And sometimes it still does, you know, because when I'm receiving information for someone, you know, I'll get get like a symbol or I'll get a, a knowing. And if I step in and try to interpret it, then it's just it's a mess every single time. But if I just share like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm feeling. And then, you know, I, I you know, then it, it flows a lot better. I don't try to force it to be something, but it, it takes practice. You know, I feel very fortunate. When I started my journey, I found my way to the Arthur Finley College, which is a famous school for mediumship in the UK. I took classes there virtually. I found amazing mentors that could help me. And also, I, I come from 17 years of management and HR experience. So thankfully for that, like I'm able to kind of get my own biases out of the way and just look at the information for what it is and not judge it. Because I think as a practitioner, you really have to sit from that space of non-judgment and just be able to share what's coming up without a judgment about it, positive or negative. Do you find you're ever out with friends or out socially and you just start getting information on people when you're just trying to be like all of everyone else and just socialize. You know, what's funny is, is not usually for the most part, I mean, you know, spirit and I, we have great boundaries. And again, that goes back to like being really lucky and finding great mentors. One of my first mentors taught me like, look, just because this is something that is a part of your life, it doesn't mean it has to be your life. Like you're still a human. You still have experiences that you need to have. And you can't be tuned in all the time. Otherwise, you're going to be exhausted. Because when I first started giving readings, I was. I was just tuned in all the time. And I'd be so tired after reading. 
you know, after a full day, I'd be like on the couch the next day, like what happened? So when I go out though in public, I think a lot of people see shows like Long Island Medium, right? Which is clearly for TV. There's an entertainment aspect to it. You know, I'm not the medium that's going to go up to someone in the grocery store and be like, I got a message for your mother. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's not how I work. I don't, I wouldn't want that. I kind of look at it as like, you know, anyone, whether it's someone who's in an organized religion or who has like a strong political belief, like when I go out and I'm getting my coffee, I don't want to hear about, you know, your religion or your political beliefs and have it just kind of thrust on me. So I look at it as the same thing with reading. I, you know, I don't just go up to people and be like, oh, I've got a reading for you, right? Because I think I would drive myself nuts. So I do shut myself off, but it's never completely off. It's kind of just like tuning down a volume button, but there's no mute button. So it's funny, sometimes if I'm going out, I love to go out dancing. It's one of my most favorite things to do. But clubs with alcohol a lot of you know and i'm not i'm not anti-alcohol i you know i think hey have a great time but nightclubs typically can sometimes be a space where there's a lot of people there's a lot happening and it's a lot of energy right so like i'll bring a crystal with me or i'll you know i'll i'll put something on just to kind of save my energy but the only time that i've been out it's only been like two times where i just got something from someone's energy I just like gave them a hug. I was like, I was like, you don't know me. I'm just going to give you a hug. And that was it. And they're like, they're like, thank you so much. You have no idea how much I needed that. And I'm like, I knew, I knew, but that's it. You know, first of all, that's sweet. That made me think of you as a six-year-old giving that sad woman a glass of milk. That's like the adult version. So now there's a difference between psychic readings and mediumship, correct? Yes. What is the difference? And tell us about how you perceive the differences for yourself. Yeah. So psychic, the, the, the definition of a psychic is someone who is able to sense energy that is outside of themselves. For me, that can be, you know, the energy of a room. It can be the energy of a place. It can be the energy of a person. But you're getting that information directly from that source that's here physically. Mediumship is someone who and expand their awareness to connect to energy that is not here in our physical 3D world. Someone who is in, you know, their energy is in spirit or crossed over, passed away, spirit guides, angel energy, any energy that's not physically here in this frequency. How can you tell the difference or how does it feel different for you personally? giving a psychic reading versus a mediumship reading. Yeah, for me personally, when I'm giving a psychic reading, I'm sensing the physical person connecting into their energetic field, seeing, you know, or feeling my way kind of through their energy, perhaps some things in the past, some things in the present. I'm not big on fortune telling. It's a whole different art. And I think a lot of people think that with psychic readings that that's, part of it, it certainly can be. But I do believe that we create our future. And our future is consistently being created. However, there are certain choices or certain energetic frequencies or paths that we're on that's kind of like predicting like, okay, here's kind of what's coming next. So just my job as a psychic is just to share, hey, here's a possibility. Here's a, a route that you could that you're on. But here's how you can switch it. Here's how you can adjust it. Or here's how you can align with what you desire. So working more so with the energy of the person. When I'm connecting in mediumistically, I will just expand my awareness. And, and for me, that just means concentrating my energy and just envisioning myself kind of in this floaty space where I don't really have a physical body. And then just sensing, I, it kind of feels like they come up behind me and just kind of sensing like, all right, who's here? Who wants to talk? And connecting in that way. So I'm not connected in with the person I'm connected in with non-physical energy. I, I just find it so fascinating. I think I would just sit home and do a science experience myself all day if I had these <laughs> abilities. Um, or like check myself into the vision of perceptual studies and be like, I'm here, I'm never leaving.
You ever wonder what mediums do with their free time? How about a 30-something-year-old gay medium living in New York City? Well, in this podcast, you're about to find out. Welcome to Ghost Daddy, a place where LGBTQ plus spiritual people and our cis-hetero allies, of course, have a place to just be themselves and spread their wisdom. This is the new face of spirituality. None of that love and light, toxic positivity crap. So pour yourself a vodka soda, (laughs) open up your mind, and start listening. You can listen to the Ghost Daddy podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone! I'm really excited to let you know about the science and spirituality salons I'm now hosting. During these intimate events, a scientifically verified psychic medium will give all of you readings, and I will give a talk on the science and evidence that changed my mind about an afterlife. This will also be an amazing opportunity to get to meet some of you in person or virtually and to share more about all the science and data that transformed my worldview and got me through my worst days. These can be hosted in your home, in a nearby cafe with a private room, or they can even be virtual. I've hosted a few already, and they were really special. Fascinating, emotional, evidential. So if you're interested in getting a small group together over dinner, brunch, drinks, coffee, to learn more about the science and to get evidential medium readings, send me an email at hello at wtfjusthappened.net and put science and spirituality in the title. What would you say is the biggest what the fuck or something where you just shocked yourself? Um, Actually, it was recently. And I, you know, I've had mediumistic experiences but I had one recently where there was, I won't, I won't go into too much of the details, but there was a knowing I was meditating. I wasn't even, I wasn't even intentionally trying to connect in. I had just, I'd gone through e- EMDR and in case someone listening doesn't know what that is, it's rapid eye movement desensitization. It's a form of psychotherapy that helps you to reprogram your neural pathways around traumatic incidents in your life. And uh, as a as a practitioner, I make sure that I'm doing my healing work first because I, I, Lord, I can't go help people if I ain't helping myself. And so I was kind of in the middle of all of that and and working around a specific person in my life. And I just gotten this knowing of something that a secret, uh, uh, something that they had not told me before disclosed about their past. And this was someone who'd passed away or someone who's still living? And it was someone connected to them who had passed away. And I didn't know about, uh, I didn't know about this passing. I didn't even know who this was. It was just a knowing. And so I picked up the phone and I, I, I called someone in my family that's very close to this person. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to tell this person what just happened, but I just got this knowing about this soul. And like, can you just validate this for me? Just so like, I'm not crazy. And the person was like, I don't know how you knew that. And it was a pretty big deal. It was a pretty big thing. And then eventually I ended up talking to the person and I was like, hey, you know, I just, I wanted to share this experience that I had and I don't want to upset you with it. But for some reason, I just feel compelled to tell you about this soul that I connected with. Are you able to validate this? Like, do you understand this? And they were like, how, what, how, what? Like they were just so confused. They were like, how did you know this? And I was like, the soul just came to me. I was meditating. I wasn't even trying to connect in that way. I was just, my energy was just open and it came in and, and there were some things that it came in details that I would have no way of knowing would have never been told. And it was like, it was just, it Liz, it was just such a deep knowing. Like, I know this happened. I know this soul existed. I know this. It was a beautiful moment. And for that person in my life, I think it, provided some healing. But that wasn't my intention. But it, you know, I'm glad that it had that effect for them. I find that very interesting in a way that happened during EMDR, because apparently I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Alan Botkin. Mm-mm. He focused on doing EMDR for veterans. And he once made 
a mistake and did like an extra set of rapid eye movements, people are not mediums and they started connecting to the other side. So there is this whole thing they do with non mediums where they do this extra layer. And there've been some, not everybody I tried it. It didn't happen with me, but quite a few people end up connecting with loved ones or, you know, in the war, a lot of trauma and guilt they have over killing people in war. And a lot of the cases end up getting verified. And you're the second medium who had a deep mediumistic experience doing regular level EMDR. That's first of all, fascinating scientifically from that aspect and emotionally. That's a very powerful story. I'm really happy you were able to provide that level of healing. Me too. And you know, it's funny. It's like, the, yeah, they got the healing, but really like it helped me understand this person, like, which is, I thought was like so interesting because the specific time in the EMDR experience, it was about this person. And I got this passing that's connected to them that shifted their life. Like it wasn't just like, oh yeah, this person passed. It was a, it was a passing that was, it changed their entire life and it changed who they were before I was even kind of in the picture. And so for me, it was like, it gave me this deep compassion and I was like, okay, I understand. Like it, you know, it doesn't let you off the hook for what you did, but like, I understand. And it was so easy then for me just to find forgiveness. And so it's a little bit for me, a little bit for them, but it's funny how, the universe or the algorithm works, right? Because I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, why did I have this experience? For days, Liz, I was like, why did I have this experience? I'm a Virgo. I need to know the why. I'm like, I don't care what it is. I just need to know what it is. So I was watching this psychic who I just, I love so much. And she had just posted an Instagram video about what it's like being a medium and all these things. And in the video, she was talking about how she had gotten a premonition or knowing that her upstairs neighbor had made their transition into non-physical. And she went upstairs to check and sure enough, they were, their physical body was there in the apartment. But their soul was not, right? And so she's like, I'm sharing this story because I think sometimes for mediums, we really need the validation that our experiences are really happening. And I was like, oh, that's why. So it was like, for me, it was like, okay, this is one, part of my healing. Two, helpful for this individual. But also three, like, yeah, this is what you're feeling. This is what you're experiencing. I think these are just a few, I guess, misconceptions, some of which I had starting out. Do mediums, this might sound ridiculous, but I remember thinking when I first started to think, oh my God, maybe mediumship actually is real. Oh my God, if there's ever a way to be a medium, I would never grieve again. But do mediums feel grief? Are you able to just sit and talk to your loved ones as if they were still alive? Yeah, I still feel grief. I think grief is like, it's a very normal human emotion. It's, it's a tough one for sure. It's not easy to sit with grief, but even knowing what I know, I still, I still grieve and it, but it's like, it's not necessarily sad that you're not here. It's like the sad, I don't get to see you and be in this physical reality with you anymore. But then it's like, then there is like the knowing of like, yes. And I know you're out of your physical body. I know that you've expanded into whatever is beyond this experience, right? And so, you know, it's 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 a bittersweet experience, but no, there's still grief. And there's still times I think about people who have made their transition over into non-physical and I miss them. You know, I I do connect here and there with my loved ones. It's not something for myself that I that I set out to do intentionally. Like sometimes it'll just happen. Like I'll be cooking and and I'll smell one of my grandmother's and her perfume. It's Estee Lauder Youth Do, if anyone's familiar, and it's a hard one to miss. So, you know, I'll I'll smell that, right? And so it's like, it's nice. Or, or you know, I have another grandmother who's over in non-physical and, you know, and I'll, I'll think of her and then I'll just, I'll feel her presence around. And so I do have those experiences, but it's not something I set out to do intentionally. I used to think, I was a medium, I'd never feel grief. If I get a certain level of evidence and I'm convinced enough, like there'll be like that tipping point of afterlife evidence where I won't feel grief, but then I'm like, okay, I have so much evidence. I can't say I'm hundred percent convinced, but I'm more convinced than I ever have been. But then I'm like, okay, if one of my loved ones picked up and moved to another country for say 20 years, and I knew I was not going to see them for 20 years. And let's say it was not like France, but they moved to like a remote island where they couldn't get internet connection. And maybe once every three years, 
They could send an email. We couldn't even talk on the phone. It would hurt so, so, so much still. So I'm like, you know what? It's even if I knew in 20 years I was going to see them again and they were happy there, it would still be crushing. Of course. Well, we're human. Like we're, we don't get to buy just because we have this information or know these things doesn't mean we get to bypass the feeling of it, right? What about world events? Have you ever had any world predictions? I haven't, but you know, here's the thing. The prediction piece has never really been the energy that I've tapped into. That's not really where I just spend a lot of my time. But I will say before the pandemic and we all were in lockdowns, it was so funny. I remember sitting there, it was like the December or November. It was like before like we'd even really heard about COVID. I remember pulling cards for myself for the next year and it being a lot of like, solitude reflection and i was like oh that's kind of weird maybe we're gonna have a weird winter here i live in washington and so you know sometimes it snows a lot and you know and then we'll be stuck at home for a couple of days i'm like oh maybe we'll have a weird winter this year you know i'm not even thinking anything of it and then then i'm like oh that's how i do have friends though that do focus on world predictions and just kind of the energy now i will say I do feel them or feel that things are coming like a day or two before, uh, before Russia invaded the Ukraine. I had a heaviness that day before that I just couldn't shake. I didn't know what it was. I was like, God, I just feel so heavy. Like what's going on? What's happening? No idea that that's what was happening. It was just, I think just a feeling of kind of collective energy, but I wouldn't necessarily call that a And do you ever get any information or communication or have any thoughts on what it's like on the other side? Best I got. I'll give you the very best I got, Liz, because, you know, here's the thing. I try, no matter how many experiences I've had, no matter how much information or or just personal evidence that I have, I never want to be, nor do I ever feel like I've got it all figured out. Because I think like spirit is, you know, it's such a wonderful beautiful thing. But I also think it's it is something to have some questioning. I think that I think questioning and, you know, I would say like, I'm 95% sure. <laughs> but I leave room for that, you know, that 5%, right? Because I think that doubt or questioning can be extremely beneficial in our growth. It keeps us pushing, it keeps us expanding. But the best I've got is that when we leave these physical bodies, like release. It is like the biggest feeling of release. In three years, I have done, I think I like counted the other day. I have some been so I'm somewhere around 3,000, 4,000 readings. And a lot, it's a lot. And whether it be one-on-ones or quick little video readings or whatever, it's it's, you know, it's quite a bit. I'm very proud of how many people I've been able to connect with. I've never connected with an energy that was in a quote unquote bad place. The best description I can give, if anyone's ever seen the movie Interstellar, where Matthew McConaughey, towards the end of the movie, he is operating in fourth dimensional space where he is able to kind of float back and forth in between time and see points in his life and all of that. And then he's talking to the computer and he's like, well, who, what, he was like, what is this? And he's like, and then the computer says, we're a bridge between three-dimensional space and those who are in the five-dimensional space. And Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey's like, who is it? And then he's like, it's just, it's just energy. For me, spirit is like that five-dimensional space. It transcends time, transcends, transcends a physical space. It's like a frequency. That's the best thing I've got. It's just like a frequency. And I know that probably doesn't give an answer, but that's the best thing I have. You're the second medium who compared it to Interstellar with the 4D, 5D, depending whether you count time, the Tesseract, and you can't explain another dimension. It makes your head kind of explode a little bit. But I think, you know, if someone believes in a physical heaven, then believe in it. It's fine. You know, like, whatever feels good. But for me, that's, that's what it feels like. It's more of an energetic space versus physical space. And you see that there's still forms of individual consciousness like our loved ones, ourselves that exist in that space? I think that we end up transcending that ultimately. 
I think I look at it this way. So not to, you know, not to necessarily draw too many comparisons to the Bible or the Christian God, right? But in the Christian faith, and uh, uh, probably others, but I'm not that well versed in it. So I'm just gonna stick with what I know. Uh, <laughs> you know, in the Christian faith, there's the belief that we are made in God's image. And I do believe that. I believe that our our source of creation, whatever that is, has many facets to it and has many expressions. And so as humans, we're many expressions of a core energy. We all know that we come from the same place or that we originated from the same place, whether it be one cell that expanded or whatever it is, right? And we may not know the specific origins of that, but but I do believe we all kind of come from the same place, whatever that is. And so I think as humans, we have, we're all many expressions and many personalities that all kind of come from this one beginning. And I think spirit is the same way. If we're a reflection of God or spirit or the universe, and it's a multi-experiential thing, then, then so are we. And so I think that when spirit is coming through and it's a loved one, and it's a piece of that greater energy, that consciousness comes through to present as, you know, oh, this is grandma. And here's what I was like in this physical body, in this experience as it relates to this person. Yeah. From what I've heard, it just seems inexplicable. And I guess the yeah. closest we can get is medium speaking to people who've passed and then people who've died and come back through. I just came from the IONS International Association for Near-Death Studies Conference and hearing the people, they use vocabulary of their culture. Some mm -hmm. Christians will use some biblical, some more atheist materialists like me will use best physical descriptions as they can. But every single one, I'd say a consistency I heard was it's frustrating because I just can't explain it in words that anyone who hasn't experienced it would understand. And they also say they feel like they never feel right in their body. They feel like heavy and weighed down after. It is fascinating. And not to go like too far down the rabbit hole, but like if they're leaving their physical body and it, what's an hour here, that there is no constriction of time and spirit, which I believe there is not a constriction in time, then who knows how many like eons of information they got, right? Who knows? I mean, I hear different things. Some, I guess, are closer to here and they just say they were watching over the operating table or, you know, resuscitation and then they were back. And others say they had these whole experiences. I mean, I heard some people say it felt like, you know, maybe what we would call months or years and then. What would you say to someone who's like, just like, oh, I can't see how an afterlife would be possible and they're struggling with grief? I would just let them be where they are. I think that sometimes with grief, I think I, I think grief is so sacred. And, you know, I've been in rooms where other psychics or other mediums will talk to someone who's grieving and someone's literally like, I just don't believe this. I don't believe anything is possible. And the psychic medium will go, oh, don't worry about it. Don't miss your loved one. You'll, you know, they're still here. Or there's still, when someone's just so in the thick of that, I would not want to take away their experience. They're in that experience for a reason. The best thing I can do is just be a reflection of love for them. If they ask me about it, it's a little bit of a different story, right? Like if someone's asking that I'm going to share with them, like, hey, this is just what I've seen. This is what I feel. Here's what I've experienced. And what they choose to do with that is amazing and but if someone's just in it, I'm, I, I don't know. I've just, I've never been the person that like rushes in and is like, you know what, here's how you should feel about this. Like, that's never been my thing. I think that, you know, I just think that there's a time for everything. And I, I do get the desperation to want to believe in something. Cause at one point in my life, that's, you know, I think I've, I've been there a time or two where I'm like, I really just need like proof that something is real in order for me to feel better. But I found it was never when I was like desperate for the proof. It was always when I wasn't even looking for it. What's an example of proof you've gotten? Oh my God, there's so many. There's so many. I mean, I think every day I get proof for myself. Whether it's like I'll be thinking about someone and then they call me. Whether it'll be like, a, you know, I've got certain symbols and signs I like to use with my guides and my my spirit team. And I'll be like, I need to see a blue butterfly. And then like there will be a blue butterfly just out of not like, and it's not always physical, right? Because our mind wants to think like, oh, physical. It'll be a painting or someone will send me the emoji randomly. Or, or, you know, I think my favorite is just when I ask the universe just for a sign of like, you know, give me a sign that I can't miss. And my favorite one so far, I have a lot of favorites, but my favorite one so far, I was like, give me a sign I can't miss. 
And um, my Instagram username is Travis Warrior Unicorn. I love unicorns. I've got one tattooed on my arm. I got a big disco ball unicorn behind me. And and I, there's, this has always been something that I've resonated with. And there was this one day I was leaving the gym and I was like, I just need, I like, just give me a sign I can't miss. And it, but it's always when I'm having fun with it. It's not when I'm desperate. But it's like, I'm like, just give me a sign I can't miss. Let's have some fun today. And I get in my car from the gym and I turn the parking or I turn out of the parking lot. And on the street is a bright purple sports car and the license plate said unicorn right on it. And so, you know, I, I get those experiences all the time. And I think, you know, I think that if you're open and, you know, I see repeating numbers all the time and, and all of that. And it still always astounds and amazes me. But I think if you're open, every day can be magical and filled with proof if you allow it. to be. So you said... Some of this is from your guides. How do you connect with your guides or find out who they are? Or how do you communicate? Or how would the average person? Because everyone has guides. Am I right? It is my belief that everybody has guides. And our guides, for me, are they're non-physical energies that are here to help us learn our soul lessons or help us to expand or continue along our expansion journey in this lifetime. And lifetimes beyond, right? If you subscribe to that as well. and. Our loved ones, it's a little bit different. Our loved ones are more of like our cheerleaders or or encouragers, but our guides are kind of like our mentors or our teachers. And so for me connecting, you know, I invite them into meditation. I ask them for signs. I ask them for, you know, I like to think of it as like my guides drop me little breadcrumbs to on my path to help me get to where I want to go. You know, but our guides, they they won't infringe on our free will. If we don't ask for help, they, you know, they just kind of hang out. is my understanding. But, you know, connecting to guides, I think is pretty, pretty simple, where I think it gets a little bit complicated is when people are looking for that, that figure of light to step in through their front door and be like, I am your spirit guide, you know, it's, oh, I'd love that. I listen, it would, it would make things a little bit easier, I think, right. But, but again, spirit is not so easily defined. And it's a little bit more broad. And I think that's, for a purpose. Uh, I don't know what that purpose is, but I believe it's for a purpose. And so, but I think it's up to each individual to interpret how, you know, who their guides are and how they're communicating with them. Were guides ever humans? <sighs> Maybe. Yes. No. Who know? I mean, you know, I think it, I think I would like to, I would personally like to think of our guides as friends that we've had in the past or other lifetimes with, and we kind of take turns and we help each other. And I would like to think that, but I have to be honest, I don't, I'm, you know, I think there's a couple of schools of thought around guides. Some people believe that guides were humans that were here incarnated on this earth at one time. Some people think that guides are energies that transcended needing to be in a physical body. I mean, I think it just depends on who you ask. I try not to get myself too down in the weeds too much. So, so try to just think of it as just universal energy that's here to help. And then you mentioned multiple lives. So you think we live multiple lives. I do. You know, I don't, I, you know what? I, I don't say no to a lot of things. I, I, I say maybe. I'm like, yeah, that could work. That could be possible. I don't write anything off completely. For me, the idea of living multiple lives, for me, it makes sense. And I get it. I get the reasoning behind it. So I would like to think, yeah. What would you say the reasoning behind it is? My reasoning is just the research of doctors Jim Tucker and Ian Stevenson at University of Virginia. Yeah, I mean, the experiences of other people, right? Like there's some very compelling stories that it's like, gosh, you know, I've never had a personal experience with a past life. I've done a past life regression and like I got some stuff. For me personally, I don't get too hung up on oh, this is trauma I had in a past life. So it's affecting me here in this life. You know, I just, I just focus on the, the trauma from this life. But, you know, for me, it just, you know, I just kind of say like, why not? Why not believe in it? <laughs> or why not leave it on the table as a possibility, I should say. How can people connect on their own with their loved ones? I know that's something that mediums say people are also able to connect on their own. How can we do that? That's a great question. So I actually, it reminds me of like a quick little client story that I love sharing with, and I have this client's permission to share it. But so there's a client that I have and, you know, she, a lot of people come to me and, and, you know, I do 
both psychic and mediumship work, but most of my clients come to me for mediumship. And I had a lovely younger lady in her early 20s. And she came to me and she was like, you know, I really want to connect. I really want to connect into my loved ones. And so, you know, we talked about meditation. We talked about, you know, kind of clearing your mind. We talked about asking your loved ones to come through, right? All of that stuff. And she was like, I've done all that. I still can't hear them. And I was like, interesting. And I, there was like something in me. I was like, no, I, I think you're hearing them. But it was like, I don't think, I think you're being literal. And and she was being literal, like, you know, waiting for. Oh, I'm so literal about this stuff. So I get it. I get it. Listen, I get it. And and it is hard to kind of like expand a little bit sometimes, especially if you are so literal. And it's not a bad thing. It just means sometimes maybe we just need to practice stretching our our mind just a little bit. And so we were in the reading and, and both of her parents had made their transition over into non-physical and, you know, she had been without them for a while and she was just in this place in her life. She just, and then during the session, and we had given lots of evidence and she knew that I was connecting with them, but she just felt like she couldn't connect with them. And she just, in that moment, she starts crying and she goes, I just want to hear my parents. I get chills telling this story and I'm getting them now. So I have it, my, my home is set up where I've got you know, the top floor is my bedroom, a guest bathroom, and then um, my office. And we're on the session and all of a sudden she's, she's crying and there's this moment of silence. And then I hear, hello, on my Alexa in my bedroom. And it was loud. Like I don't, I never have that thing turned on. It's usually always off. And I just hear, because yeah, I'm a light sleeper and, you know, Alexa just be going off in the middle of the night sometimes in this home. And so, and so she goes, hello. And then the client stops and I stop and I was like, did, did you hear that? And she goes, did your Alexa just say hello? And I go, yeah, it did. I, that was kind of, kind of weird. And she goes, no, no, no. My Alexa has randomly been doing that since I booked this appointment with you a week and a half ago. And she was like, and I don't know why it's happening. And then it goes, hello, again. And like, I got full chills. She got full chills. And then I very distinctly heard her parents go, we've been talking to her. <laughs> and so I, I told her, I was like, honey, I was like, I, I, I think you've been talking to your parents just fine, sweetie. I think they hear you. And we had this great laugh. And it was like, you could just see her energy lifted. She like got brighter all of a sudden. And so I do think that's, you know, our, it's so, it is easy for us to connect to our loved ones. We don't always hear them. And sometimes grief blocks that or our doubt blocks it or fear, right? But I think sometimes spirit will just come through with these powerful moments. And I've checked in with her since and, you know, she's connected to her loved ones just fine since. And so I think sometimes they just need Sometimes we need to, I think sometimes a medium can help someone. Be, or I think the medium sometimes, well, a medium literally is a bridge, right? But I think that going back to Interstellar, Matthew McConaughey in 4D was just a bridge between himself and 3D and then whatever was happening in the fifth dimension, right? And so I think sometimes going to a medium can simply just help people start to facilitate that conversation. But I've had a lot of clients who said, I didn't used to be able to hear my parents or I didn't used to recognize signs. I wouldn't even see them. And they're like, and now I see them everywhere. So I think sometimes when you have that initial connection, whether it be through a medium or then that communication can just flow. Hi, I've been getting a lot of emails from all of you, which I love. I have heard from a few people that they found my replies in their junk box. So if you have not heard back from me, please check your junk box. And some might be coming from hello at WTFJustHappened.net. And some might be coming from my personal email. Liz at WTFJustHappened.net. So check for both emails because I do get back to everyone. Also, if you have not heard back, please just hit resend. I've been getting a little inundated and might have been slower than I meant to be. 
replying. Or maybe your email got buried or accidentally deleted, so please don't feel bad reaching out again. I want to hear from all of you, and I will definitely reply, even if at times it might have to take me a little longer than I would like. So I look forward to hearing from all of you. And now we're going to pause for a second for the question of the week. This week's question was asked by Mike. What red flags would you suggest I stay away from to avoid getting scammed by a psychic medium? Here are a few definite stay away from red flags. Anytime a medium reaches out to you and solicits you to book a reading with them on social media, even if the medium is one who is really well known and certified by Forever Family and is known as really trustworthy. People are constantly impersonating those mediums and they might change one character in the username and then even all of the feed will look exactly the same as the genuine medium. They'll just copy it all over. If you ever get a solicitation on social media that a medium is offering readings, do not do it. And I'm not talking about if they post on their social media that reach out, they're doing readings and you can contact them if they directly contact you. Also, never book one through social media. Go to their website to book one. Because again, if you find one of their social medias of a known medium and you can see that you can book directly there or you reach out to them yourself on, say, Instagram, it might not be their genuine account. So they should direct you to their website. Another red flag to stay away from are the storefront psychics and possibly they also call themselves mediums. Usually they just say psychic or palm reader, but if they have those big signs out front that say $5 readings and have all the crystals in the windows. In general, I would say 99% of the time, stay away from them. Again, there's always going to be that one exception, but I would, as a rule, stay away from those. And if during a reading, a psychic or medium ever tries to tell you you have a curse and they can fix it for a lot of money, leave. As far as I know, I have never, ever heard any evidence that curses are genuine. And if they try to upsell you at all and say they can reconnect you with your love, anything like that, no, just run. You should not be paying more than the agreed upon price that you signed up for. No, they can't do spells. They can't make someone fall in love with you. They can't do anything like that. So those are some definite red flags to really stay away from. If you have a question you want me to answer, send it to hello at wtfjusthappened.net and put question of the week in the subject. I know I usually say first names, but if you want to be completely anonymous, let me know. And feel free to reach out anyway, even if you don't have a question. I can't wait to hear your questions and hear from you. Are there any questions I I haven't asked you that you'd like me to ask? No, I just, I want to thank you for this just amazing conversation and the work that you do to dive in deeper and to be curious. I think it's really inspiring. So thank you for everything you do. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for the way you always present it. I mean, you present so like engaging and both emotional and fun on social media. Thank you, Liz. Where can our listeners find you and follow you? And Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Travis Warrior Unicorn and on my website, TravisHolp.com. Hope is spelled H-O-L-E as in Peter. Great. And I will also post links to all of the above in the show notes. So thank you. Thank you so much, Liz. get more information on what the fuck just happened, go to wtfjusthappened.net. There you can order my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife. And you can learn all about how I came to conclude 
that there most likely is an afterlife. You can also learn about the early stages of my grief and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. And if any of you have had a crazy what the fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore or email me at hello at WTF just happened.net. And remember, you don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened. Oh,